welcome to the first ever episode of the Hurricane Runner Off the Top Rope podcast. Also, not also, but formerly known as the Video Gamer Pro Wrestling podcast. Now, you don't know this, but this is the third time I have sat down to try and get one of these out. We have two episodes that are never going to see the light of day because they're old. Maybe I'll put them up. Maybe I'll put them up for Patreon for Patreon people, which we'll get to in a minute. But me and the lovely Chris Fox, who is not here today, but is coming in this week to film another, film another episode. Uh, we did two, and then unfortunately life got in the way. And by the time I was able to sit back down at my desk, I was like, I can't put these up because <laughs> people are going to get like old topics they probably don't care about anymore. But maybe we'll start with the patron stuff. We'll start there. I started um, tell, explaining that with the other two podcasts, so we'll start with that. The reason the Video Gamer Pro Wrestling podcast went away is because I decided I wanted to do more with my work life. And that meant getting rid of the nine to five and going out on my own. So right now I'm a freelancer. If anything, if you'd like me to do something for you, you can get in touch and I, and I can do that for you for a price, of course. But anyway, one of the personal projects I wanted to launch was a Patreon which supports the Miller Report, which is a weird alter ego I created a few years ago, or about a year and a half ago now. And you can get all of that if you go to patreon.com forward slash the Miller Report. If you like anything you see there or is anything you feel like you would like to put money behind, I would love that to the end of time. It would mean the world to me. And like I say, all that money is going back into other projects. More, which I can talk about quite soon, actually, because they're, they're going quite well at the moment. But it's also to support this. It's to support the Pro Wrestling Podcast, because there are some fees associated with it. Now, if you're listening to this for free, absolutely fine. It's always going to be free, regardless what happens. But if you enjoy it and you'd like to contribute in it, whatever small way, even like 50 cents, if you want to give me 50 cents, that would blow my brain because I always think somebody, you know, going into their own pocket to support a, a creative endeavor is wonderful. Uh, and if you do give five bucks, you will get an extra one of these a month where me and Chris and whoever else we can get in will pick a retro event and we'll talk to the people in the Patreon on the Patreon page to decide which event they'd like us to do. So it could be a WrestleMania or a Survivor Series as that's coming up. And we'll we'll sit down and we'll go through the show and we'll pick it apart like we do. So. It is coming back weekly. I'm going to record and I'm going to record a Survivor Series preview with Chris Fox this week. Hopefully, I can get two up this week, which makes up for the delay. And like I say, any support at patreon.com forward slash the Miller Report would be wonderful. But even if you don't want to and you're listening to this like, shut up, Miller, you're not getting my cash, which is fine. I can respect that. These are still going to be free. It's on a brand new feed. So if you are listening now on your iTunes, please review, rank, comment, do whatever you've got to do because we now need to push them back up the rankings and get back to where we were because we were doing pretty well before and then life got in the way but I wanted to get one out there so I thought why not just come into a room and start talking about the state of professional wrestling now I then realized there's not actually that much I can say at the moment because if we're going to talk about Survivor Series this week with Chris which we are going to do you don't want to hear me talk about that twice you may not even want to hear me talk about it once so earlier on my Twitter at Simon Miller 316 I posted a little a little tweet just saying look Give me your questions and I will answer them. And that's what we're going to do. I've got, and this may not be the longest podcast in the world, but I wanted to get, you know, I wanted to get one out there as soon as I could because it's been far too long. And I do you can hear me rustling those papers, getting the questions ready. And I do apologize for the delay. Uh, and in terms of the state of wrestling, all I'll say is this. I'll say we'll get into it later. I am so excited about Bill Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. I don't care what anybody else says. I think it's one of those matches that feels special it's allowed Survivor Series to kind of feel like one of the big four again, which it hasn't done in ages. It's a bit weird. We'll get into this in a minute, but still, touch on it now. Is it a bit weird there's no like big title match? Because, you, you know, you would never have... You wouldn't put your dream match on at WrestleMania and not um, back that up with a title match. 
So yeah, that's a bit strange. But that also it kind of gives the Survivor Series matches themselves more importance because the champions are in those matches. So while WWE is doing a terrible job of making us believe in this Raw versus SmackDown feud, the fact that the champions are willing to forego a, a title shot or even the contenders are willing to forego that shot to be involved to make sure they brand wins. There is logic there as to why they would do that, but the execution apart from that hasn't been great so far. If they want me to start buying into this brand split in terms of it being a war, you've got to start making it a war. Like, you've got to stop... I mean, I don't want to see people invade other people's shows because then you water down what the brand split is. I mean, you can do that in the future, but not only a few months after we've started. But, I, don't, I mean, I don't even know what you can do. I guess the two just need... I mean, don't advertise on each other's show would be the first one, but that's never going to happen because obviously WWE is just one brand. I mean, I think Talking Smack does... Daniel Bryan probably does the best job in creating it in Talking Smack because he says all these things that you kind of listen to and think, I don't think he's meant to say that. And I don't think Daniel Bryan gives a shit if he gets fired or not. And then on WWE's end, they're probably like, well, we can't fire him because they'll go back on the indie scene. Daniel Bryan's in a great position. Like, obviously, with the injury and things like that, it's not great. But it, it, there is a, a certain freedom to not caring about whether you keep your job or not. And it really does seem like that's what he's doing at the moment. I respect Daniel Bryan. What a hero. Anyway, I'm going to run through these questions now. Like I say, I don't think it's going to take a, a massive amount of time. So this will like be a, a short pilot debut episode but please listen to this and please use this to tell your friends go to itunes or whatever you use hurricane runner off the top rope podcast which is a joke if you don't know what that is we'll explain it in a different podcast it's a joke i came up with a while back it's not even that funny uh but yeah please you know talk about us share us rate us rank us review us because we're starting again we're starting again from scratch and we had a really good community last time i understand it's going to take a while to build that back up but i'm willing to put in the time because i love talking about professional wrestling so all of these came to my Twitter at Miller316. If you want to ask a question, please do. And hopefully every few podcasts, we can just do that. You know, the last 20 minutes or whatever, we can just answer your questions. But we start with Carl Olsen, or Carl Olsen, I should say, who says, why do you think WWE is keeping James Ellsworth around so long? It's a very good question. He's literally Barry, Barry Horowitz in 2016, who's managed to become a superstar. I would imagine just because he caught on. He had that match with Braun Strowman a few weeks or a few months ago now. You know, the internet gravitated towards him, enjoyed his performance. Clearly someone backstage at WWE did too, and they thought, screw it. Let's put him on TV each and every week. And why not? Why not? What's, what's, why not give him his five minutes of fame? I mean, he's not going to be around in a year. I don't think James Ellsworth, or at least not on the WWE stage, I don't think he has the staying power to, to keep this up for a year. Although you could turn him heel. Maybe he does something at Survivor Series. That would get him a few more months out of him, but... Why not? Like, you, it's one of those stories where, you know, he's been wrestling for 15 years. I imagine he's sacrificed a lot, given a lot up, and he gets this one opportunity to be on Raw and get destroyed by Braun Strowman. And then that turns into a mini run with him with a company he probably dreamt of wrestling for his entire life. And I would say it doesn't even matter what the reasoning is to keep him around for however long because it's a man living his dream. And I just, I love stuff like that. Those are the kind of things that make me happy. Like, no one... If I had told you after that Braun Strowman match, oh, yeah, James Ellsworth would still be around in November, and he would have had a title shot against AJ Styles, you would have thought I was mental, and you would have been fair to think I was mental, because that's a mental thing to say. But he is here, and I guess for now, somebody's getting a kick out of him. I'm not bored of him. I'm not, Again, I'm not saying his shelf life is massive, but I do think... I do think there's something there, and I think it's entertaining, and I think even if it's an angle aimed completely at the internet crowd in this instance it's fine because 
we're getting something out of it. He's getting something out of it. And by the looks of things, the other WWE superstars are getting something out of it as well. So, you know, all round, James Ellsworth, good for you, James Ellsworth. I support you. You're doing great. Uh, at Sessa Rollins, how, how do you get more ready for in-ring training, flips, etc. as I started training myself? Well, yes, if you don't know, I am training to be a professional wrestler at Al Snow's Wrestling Academy. If you're interested in them, just search for that. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, just Google it. Al Snow's Wrestling Academy. And there is a series of my videos on what culture. And you all went up today, actually, which is wonderful. And one of my biggest problems was I couldn't flip bump. I couldn't do it. I landed on my head once, like scalped the top of my head, ripped the skin off, my, uh, off the top of my head, which was horrendous. And it's still got a red mark there today. And it hurt for months. But I'm over it now, and I've now got to the point where I can't not flip bump. In fact, my biggest problem is sometimes I over-rotate, and I can't even tell you what happened. I mean, practice, obviously, repetition, obviously, uh, doing stuff away from training to make sure my agility and flexibility was better. It's just, wrestling's weird. Wrestling's one of those things where you do just have to keep doing it over and over again, and then eventually, it clicks. And as soon as it clicks, you're kind of like, how did I not get this before because now it doesn't it's not even like it makes sense now it just is we're getting all zen here but it just is it just exists and you just know what to do now that's not to say i don't make mistakes still of course i do i make mistakes all the time but i don't know it's a weird thing so in terms of what you can do to get ready it's just to go like my biggest mistake i made was i spent six months losing um well not losing weight but doing loads of cardio and getting my my cardio in as good a shape as possible and then I went and realized that while I'm sure it helped to a certain degree, you can't do cardio. The only way to do cardio for wrestling is to wrestle. That's how you get in wrestling shape. So I really should have just gone. So if you're thinking about going to wrestling training, but you think you're a bit overweight or whatever, I would suggest that you do it in conjunction with wrestling. Because I think the sooner you start, the sooner your body starts to understand what you want it to do Um I say what you want it to do. Yeah, yeah, what you want it to do. Like what you're trying, because you're teaching it a very specific skill. And you can be on the treadmill or benching for the next six months trying to get in shape, but you won't get in proper shape in terms of what wrestling wants you to be until you actually just go. So I would say just get down there, pick a school that you think is good, make sure the trainers are reputable, and just go. Just go. It doesn't matter if you don't like it. That doesn't make you a failure. That's not the right word anyway, but that doesn't make you not a success. The problem is not trying to begin with. Let's get all like... uh, positive on this podcast but it's true you can't regret trying you can regret not trying so just go and if you don't like it there's no shame in walking away never let anyone think otherwise that's not giving up that's just accepting it's not for you nothing wrong with it gary david watts do you think nxt should have a cruiserweight division the problem with the cruiserweight division at the moment is that it has no uh, what's the word and it has no i mean it has personality it's just not as specific as it needs to be and the problem is is that other people on the roster are doing more cruiserweight moves than the cruiserweights. You know, you watch a Rollins versus Kevin Owens match and they're doing more flips and big spots than the cruiserweights who just have six-man tag team matches and sometimes even do long rest submission holds. There's nothing wrong with that, but it needs to have an identity. That's the word I'm looking for. It needs an identity. And I think before we start putting it on NXT, we've got to decide, is it on Raw or SmackDown? Because they're now fighting for that at Survivor Series. So we've got to decide where we're going to place it. Plus, we've got 205 Live which has made SmackDown three hours, worst decision ever. So you've got to get that. I mean, the first thing I do is I get rid of the purple ropes. I don't think it's a problem because it doesn't make it look different. It doesn't make it stand out. 
but you are also drawing a line under it going, yeah, this is different. This isn't, this isn't your usual wrestling portion. This is the special bit. And you don't want that. Wrestling's at its best where, you know, everyone in the cruiserweight division exists because they want to be cruiserweight champion and they have their own personalities and their own stories and they're, they're trying to become the champ as if it was a real sport. What a concept that would be. And when you start saying, oh, no, it's a gimmick. It's just a gimmick. You know, it's just a cruiserweight gimmick. They're cruiserweights. That does diminish it a little bit. But I'm, what I'd like to happen is Callisto wins at Survivor Series. Cruiserweight division goes SmackDown. Work out the balance between having 205 Live and SmackDown. Maybe even do stuff on SmackDown to tease people to watch 205 Live. That's the only way you're going to get them to tune in, really. And then just let it exist within the confines of the show. But the people's motivations are they want to be cruiserweight champion, just like Conor McGregor, for example, who jumps around weight classes and do all this kind of thing. When he's in a specific weight class, he wants to be champion of that weight class. That's all we need. I mean, he makes it work with his amazing promos and, you know, just the way he is and because he's amazing. But as long as I know that Tony Nese wants to be cruiserweight champion and he has the desire to be cruiserweight champion and they let me know he wants to be cruiserweight champion and they let me know who he is as a person and his blah, 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 blah then I can buy into it. It doesn't matter if it's a cruiserweight match. It's as important as the world heavyweight title. Maybe not in terms of where it is on the show, but in terms of my interest in it. So let's focus on that before we go to NXT. So no, here's the answer to that. Rafi, what do you think the next steps involved in making TNA great again are? <sighs> T- TNA's actually been quite good for the last year. You know, obviously the Matt Hardy stuff has been brilliant. I think that's that's really given it the, 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 the shot in the arm that it's needed. And he's just so entertaining and so fun. And this new kind of skit with it where he's got amnesia. Again, he just proved he knows exactly what to do. He knows exactly when to change things up. And it just means when he goes back to being broken, Matt, it's, it's just going to be even better still because you will have missed that character. But not so much because you're enjoying the new character. So it's really clever. I would double down with that. So I'm glad they're doing this whole, uh, I can't remember what they're calling it now, but the Hardy... TNA Impact episode for two hours. I think it's worth a shot. Even if it doesn't work, we've just been talking about the same kind of thing. You've got to try it because TNA needs to stand out. And the reason Final Deletion caught on it because it was different and it wasn't like WWE light. It was a bit like WWE meets um, Lucha Underground or something like that. And that's why it worked. And that's why people gravitated towards, towards it. And they have a great roster at the moment. They've got so many good names. If they can sort their finances out, and you know, there's always been these rumors that Alberto Dario will come in for the right price. You know, there's so many good people on that roster. If you can just kind of hit reset a little bit and start some storylines again and start making people caring. They've got TV. It may be pop TV, but TV is still powerful, even in 2016. They need a new UK deal. That's important. But just make the TV good and make the stories interesting. Build your company around the Hardys because they are the most relevant and interesting thing and people have already bought in. So you don't need to waste time trying to find top stars. You've got them. And then below that, there's so many good names that can, can be built up as well. I'm not even going to list them because you know who they are. And they're obvious. They're not, like, they're not even obscure names. They're just good names. So that's what TNA needs to do. And it just needs to keep things simple. I mean, the biggest problem with them is all the, the hoo-ha with their, are they bought, are they not bought, who owns them, who doesn't own them, how much money, blah, 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 blah. They need, they need stability and they need structure. And at the moment, it sounds like they're in a position where, where, where they could do that. And I'm glad they didn't die. I don't want TNA to die. I don't want them to lose their job for one. But also, the more wrestling there is, the better wrestling there is. And that doesn't mean you do the WWE model of, he is wrestling all the time, all the time. But it does mean there's something you can buy 
it just gives you options. So if you don't like WWE, you can watch TNA. If you don't like watch TNA, you can watch Ring of Honor or Lucha Underground or, oh, I don't know, PWG or New Japan, whatever you want to watch. So I don't know what they've got to do, but I'm glad they're still around. Danny Whiting, what do you think of the current dip in NXT and what is the reason behind it? It's classic. You know, a year ago, maybe eight months ago, NXT was the hottest thing going. That can't keep up. It just can't. A, you've got, you know, they... they um got rid of, not got rid of, but they put some stars on the main roster. And there's always going to be a transition period where you have to build up new stars. But also, when a company's hot, you, a company can only be hot because you know what it's like when it's not hot, if that makes sense. If a company's hot all the time, you probably forget that it was hot. We said hot too much. But that, and NXT now is just going through that classic cyclical thing of, I mean, what I would do personally is I'd put Nakamura and Joe up on the main rosters. And I just, again, like much with, with TNA, just start again. Bobby Roode, I put Bobby Roode up there as well. And um, Austin Aries, I know he's injured at the moment. I'd move them all to the main roster. And then I would get some new talent in and I'd use that to try to slowly start building up to where NXT was again. Because those guys are not going to, I can't believe, I hope not anyway. By summer, hopefully by WrestleMania, but by summer, I would like all of those guys to be on the main roster. That's not that far away, six months or so. So if you move them, and then get other people ready. Then use those people to get back to where you were. Then you've got your up part again. Then you can drop down a bit and drop up and drop down. But it's just diminishing returns. You can't consistently do great TV week in, week out. It's not possible for anybody. I mean, even if you watch a show, I'm trying to think, what's consistently loved? Something like Game of Thrones. It's only 10 episodes. And then they stop. When you've got weekly episodic television, you're going to get some crap. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. Because nobody is that good that they can make 52 episodes of something a year and everyone be amazing. But the good thing is the crap ones make the good ones feel even better because they do serve a purpose. Um, Mark Whitaker, is the Survivor Series card too small for a big four pay-per-view? No major title matches? Well, we kind of addressed that. I see what they're doing with the champions. You put the champions in the, in the, um, in the actual Survivor Series bouts and it makes them feel more important because the champion is so... And it's not really being portrayed like this, but I'd like it to be. The champions are, are so proud of their brand and so proud of being on Raw or SmackDown that they want to fight and they want to win. And it's not really like that. They're all bickering and, and whatnot. But no, I don't think it feels too small because you've got Brock Lesnar versus Gil Bol- Bill Goldberg and dream matches. And people say, oh, they're rubbish at WrestleMania 20. It's not a dream match, but it is. Because it's one of the biggest, probably the last big star from the Attitude Era coming back for his last run. I mean, once Goldberg is gone, who is going to come back? I mean, even if Shawn Michaels came back, that's not... That's not the same as this. Because Goldberg, it's like Sting. Sting and Goldberg operate in terms of comebacks in a different way from Shawn Michaels. I'm not saying that Shawn Michaels coming back holds the same weight and holds the same excitement. But I don't know. It's just, it just is. It's just different in terms of that attitude WCW versus WWE thing. So having him on the card and going against Brock Lesnar, and a lot of people look at it negatively. Like, like I say, oh, WrestleMania 20 was terrible. But that to me is a good thing because it probably means this time they're going to make sure that doesn't happen again and they're going to have an amazing match. I mean, as long as the two kick the crap out of each other, I really like, I can't remember where I read this now. Someone came up with this fan theory that the best ending would be, oh, I have to try and remember it now, something with AJ Styles and The Undertaker, which basically built to Undertaker, oh, what the hell was it? I can't remember now, but it's amazing, it's an amazing ending where it basically built to Bill Goldberg versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And I heard it. I was like, oh, man, I like, I like it. It's really good. It really works. But it's pointless me saying that out loud. 
because I can't remember what it was. But no, I think Survivor Series is fine. I think it'll be a good show. Too long. Don't like four hours, but too long. Uh, Wade AH, what are your favorite title belt designs? Not just WWE, all of wrestling. Well, I've only got one answer. It's the Winged Eagle title belt. That's the best belt ever. I bought a re- I got a replica one for my birthday many, many years ago. It hangs up in my lounge. I love it. It's brilliant. It's the Bret Hart title, and that's why I love it. Callum Jackson, with the line between UFC and pro wrestling becoming blurred, who would you like to see make the jump in either direction? Well, I mean, Conor McGregor's the big one. I don't know if anyone saw his win at UFC pay-per-view over the weekend. He just knows what to say. I mean, his line when he went on about how he's insulted everybody and he's run everybody down and he just wants to apologize to no one. It's just, it's like the best heel line you could have imagined, but he delivers it with so much gusto and passion that you can't help but love the man because he's so good as well. There's nothing wrong with being arrogant if you can back it up. And Conor McGregor is arguably the greatest UFC fighter of all time. Um, so I mean, he's the man right now. He's using old school wrestling ideology and he's an amazing athlete at the same time. I mean, I'm not sure anyone going across to the world from the world of WWE. Obviously, Punk did it recently. And I respect the hell out of CM Punk for doing that. I don't care that he got his ass handed to him because he gave it a go. And if you give something a go, he won't regret it now. You know, now the emotion has calmed down and he's a few months removed. I bet he feels on top of the world. He's probably still training, probably have another fight with somebody else. You know, I can't think of anybody else that would go across from WWE that have any interest. I mean, there was that Ryback. Nobody wants to see Ryback do MMA. I've got nothing against Ryback, you know, but I quite like Ryback in many ways. But come on, I don't want to see Ryback do MMA. We don't need to see that. Unless he wants to, then go nuts. I mean, I'm not I'm just saying I've got anything against it, but I don't think there's any kind of a draw there. Uh, Ryan Panther, if you, had to choose a, if you had to choose a tag partner from WCPW, that's what Culture Pro Wrestling, if you don't know, who would it be and why? The man Joe Hendry. We all know that. Me and Joe Hendry busting, busting down the ring, kicking some ass. Will it ever happen? I don't know. Bill Radborn, if in your opinion, when did kayfabe die? That is an interesting question. It depends what you defer- determine kayfabe to be. Because kayfabe, in a general sense, is don't let people know wrestling is fake, for lack of a better term. But more or less, everybody's already, always known that wrestling is fake. I don't like the word fake, but we're here now. So kayfabe, to me, is almost like that's what you have to keep alive to allow people to believe in it. As opposed to trying to make people think it's real, it's about yeah, you know, keeping up fabrication so people can think that it's real, as opposed to think, know that it's real, if that makes any sense. So stuff like social media does hamper that because if I know Charlotte and Becky Lynch are having a feud and I go on Instagram and I see a picture of them hugging going oh best friends you think okay well that's broken the illusion and in in one way I don't think that's a problem either because I don't know it depends how you look at it I mean you can argue it both ways because you can say they shouldn't be you know oh you're not allowed to (laughs) you're not allowed to take pictures with your mate on Instagram is a little bit you know put them in a jail but at the same time that is their job, you could argue. So they probably should be doing it. But that's kayfabe to me. Kayfabe is going out of your way. So if you've got a match against you know, Billy Jojo tomorrow night, you don't go out for dinner tonight with Billy Jojo. You stay far away from him because you're supposed to hate each other. And that just allows fans to, to keep the, the illusion alive. And that, to me, is what kayfabe is. And social media did a big, you know, that kind of tears that down. But at the same time, I'm like, I love pro wrestling. You know, it's one of my favorite things in the world. But I don't, I don't know. It depends how you look at it. I just I don't want, I don't want to I don't want to be the guy that says oh you're a pro wrestler you're not allowed to you know engage in these activities that seems a bit mental 
But at the same time, it would work. So that would be my kind of look on kayfabe anyway. Uh, Ross Miller. Oh, the boy Ross Miller. I know Ross. What the fuck happened to Paige? Great question. Will we ever know? She hurt her neck. WWE didn't think she hurt her neck. She started going out with Alberto Del Rio. WWE didn't like that. And then we are where we are now. She's apparently had neck surgery. Uh, I guess it wasn't paid for by WWE because they said she didn't need neck surgery. She's hanging out with Alberto Del Rio. I have no idea what happened to Paige. She was on top of the world a few years ago when she came in and won, you know, won the women's title. And now I would imagine she'll never fight for the company again. I don't want to speculate more than that because I, I, I don't know. But it is a fascinating story. And there's definitely a fascinating story to be told. Uh, Rena says, which general manager do you think is doing a better job? Daniel Bryan or Mick Foley? Daniel Bryan, hands down. Daniel Bryan, to me, mostly because of the talking smack stuff, is the only guy out of those four, including the McMahons, who comes across like, yeah, fuck you, Raw. That's the, you know, everybody else seems to come across like, oh, well, our show is better and it's all very hoity-toity. Whereas Daniel Bryan's like, nah, it's bollocks. Like, he ripped into the Universal title. He ripped into the three Hell in a Cell matches. He takes shots at things that fans are taking shots at. And, that, and that's cool. That's not to say that Mick Foley isn't doing a good job. But I... And Mick Foley is one of the... You know, he's a legend of pro wrestling. And I, he didn't deserve any criticism for anybody, especially some idiot like me. But with that said, if I was going to pass some aspersions... I just I sometimes feel like his promos on Raw when he goes into passionate Mick Foley mode are forced. And they don't feel as organic, terrible word, but true, or as natural as I'd like them to. They feel a bit like someone backstage, or maybe even himself has said, I need to make this feel passionate, therefore I will act passionate. And that never really works. A lot of people liked his Hell in a Cell one. I thought what he was saying was good, but again, it just felt a bit like he was doing it because he knew he had to do it. I don't, that's my only problem with Mick Foley. Otherwise, I like having Mick Foley on Raw each and every week. You know, it's good, always good to have a, someone of that magnitude on your TV show. It just brings something. But definitely, Daniel Bryan, I think, just on Talking Smack. You never watch Talking Smack? Go on the network right now and watch them, watch them Talking Smack. Uh, at Carl Stevens, who do you think will portray their brand and jump ship during Survivor Series, if anyone? Miz seems too obvious. Well... A lot of people think that if the Cruiserweight title goes to SmackDown, that the Intercontinental title should go to Raw. But I don't think that's the right, the right trade. Because then you've got the US champ and the IC champ on the same brand. And you've got the Cruiserweight... I mean, maybe there's too many belts. I don't know. I, that, to me, is not a trade. So I wouldn't do that. Who jumps ship? See, I'd like to see Sami Zayn somehow end up on SmackDown. But he's not going to betray anybody. I mean, betray. Who would, I don't know the answer to that question. I, maybe it's too early for that kind of thing to happen. I know they're teasing it, but maybe that's just for, for subtext and context. I don't necessarily think you need anyone to jump. The Miz does seem too obvious, but does that make it more interesting? Because he is so obvious, you think well, it's too obvious, it won't happen, then it happens. Otherwise, I mean, who would benefit from a move? Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn would benefit from being on SmackDown. So maybe they work that in with the IC title, I don't know. Uh, Martin Mathers, my old friend Martin Mathers. Why is it the tag team divisions who are hugely over in NXT can't do shit on the main roster? See Vaudevillains, Ascension, etc. Well, I would throw American Alpha in there as well, who <laughs> were protected when they were in that tag team title tournament with the knee stuff and then just got jobbed out anyway a week later. So I was like, all right, okay. Didn't need to worry about that. I don't know. But a lot of the tag teams that have come up from NXT don't seem... I mean, who are the best tag teams in the division? I mean, New Day comes to mind. Best over, I guess, is a better thing. Heath Slate and Rhino aren't as over as they are, as they were. 
But yeah, it's true. Like, I mean, the Ascension the Vaude villains are basically persona non grata at this stage. I think anybody cares about them or believes they're going to go on and do anything. American Alpha have all the potential in the world and could probably be one of the best tag teams in years, but they've got to be given the opportunities to do that. And they're not allowed to do that. I don't know why. I don't know why that is. I don't believe that, you know, people say, oh, well, the, the, uh, the Vaude villains gimmick, for example, works better on a small stage. I don't think that's true. I think it all depends about how you... Um, not perform it, but how it's perceived and how it's thrown out there. I just don't think they've been given the chance to do that. I think they kind of had that mini run when they first came in and it was like, we're done with these people. That's all we can get out of them. And as soon as the office stops caring, it's going to be really hard for fans to care because it's obvious that nobody else cares. So I don't know. The Ascension especially. I mean, who are the Ascension at this stage? It's just, it's just they're just there to, to make up the numbers. Which is bad, because there was a time where every tag team would have had a story. And they can still do that today. All it takes is a quick take, you know, one step back, write things for everybody, put them in feuds. We could be having a Vaude Villains Ascension feud at the moment that's not over the tag team belt. I'm not saying it's going to be good, but it could happen. And you could allow, the, you know, allow these people to be more well-realized on TV as opposed to just two tag teams that have funky gimmicks, which is all they are at the moment. Anyway, Kieran, if you could win any title, not WCPW, all right, what would it be? Well, WWE World Heavyweight Champion, surely. I mean, it would be amazing to be Ring of Honor Champion or New Japan, any belt in New Japan. But, you know, if you're going to pick one, you'd pick World Heavyweight WWE Champ. That's the belt. That's the belt that everybody wants. That's the one that, you know, that's the dream. When you're a kid, and you may be different. I don't want to cast anything over you. But when you're a kid, well, I didn't anyway. I never thought about lifting, you know, any other belt but the, the World Heavyweight title. I mean, Ring of Honor wasn't around then. But I still don't think I would have ever dreamed of lifting the ring. But it depends. It depends what you believe your potential to be. This is dream world. I don't ever think I will be world heavyweight champion. I don't think I'll ever be ring of honor champion. I don't think I'll ever be WCPW champion. But in a dream world, I'd pick WWE champ. Uh, EDC, what's your favorite gimmick match type? Well, it used to be Hell in a Cell. That's not true anymore. Because <laughs> it's just been too many. and It's just been watered down too much. I mean, I'm talking, my favorite Hell in a Cells are obviously the 1998 King of the Ring. Uh, the first one at Bad Blood 97. You know, matches that really st- stood the test of time. I like that when they brought the, uh, the Hell in a Cell down at King of the Ring 98 main event with Austin and Kane as well. That added something to it as well. It felt dangerous when that happened. And it just doesn't feel dangerous anymore. So that's gone. I like the Elimination Chamber. I think I just like the concept of it. I think it works. You kind of have that Raw Rumble thing of who's going to be next, who's going to be next. Saying that, of course, the Raw Rumble's a gimmick match, isn't it? Raw Rumble. Who am I kidding? Raw Rumble number one, Elimination Chamber number two. Probably Hell in a Cell number three. We'll say Tables, Lads and Chairs number four. Because why not? V-Lone, who is your wrestling inspiration? There's too many to name. I mean, the reason I got into wrestling was because of Bret Hart. Just won me over straight away. I, to this day, I don't really know why. I remember I was fascinated he wore pink. And that's, why, that's kind of why I hung around. Uh, but then outside of that, I mean, everyone's inspired me in different ways. Like Triple H inspired me to go to the gym. Which is true, as stupid as it may sound. The reason I went to the gym is because Triple H inspired me. I thought, man, he looks awesome. I'd like to look awesome. So I went to the gym, and luckily for me, I, I fell in love with all that stuff. But then, yeah, there's, there's like The Rock. I mean, while I'm not the biggest fan of, of modern-day rocks, I think he's crazy. He's, he's, he's nothing if not inspiring, seeing what he's done. Um, loads of people. There's, there's loads of people in wrestling you can look at uh, to, to try and emulate. Um, I think it depends what you want, you know, to find that balance between in-ring work and character stuff is, is, is a rare breed. And The Rock probably mastered that better, better than anyone. But he's still crazy in 2016, The Rock. 
We'll talk about that another time, but he's absolutely crazy. Surely, Boo, who do you think is the most underrated WWE star at the moment and why do you think they're overlooked? Rusev would be up there for me. I know he gets, you know, he's in, he's in prominent matches, but he also is the man they choose to be jobbed out to, to, to Bill Goldberg. So they obviously can't see him how I see him. I think Rusev has all the tools to be a main event heel for years. He's entertaining, he can talk, he can do humor, he can be serious. He seems like a, he, he seems completely natural on the microphone. You know, he doesn't get scared or anything like that. He can work great matches, he knows who his character is. As Stone Cold Steve Austin would say, he's got great instincts. He's just, to me, a complete package that with the right time and the right support and the right push could become absolutely massive. Like, I, I think Rusev is incredible. And he's so entertaining. He is so entertaining, it is unreal. So, yeah, uh, Rusev. Rusev, all the, I'm such a Rusev fan, as you can probably tell. But I put Rusev right up there. Uh, Pro Wrestling 101. As Survivor Series is nearly here, if you could create a five versus five dream match of any past or present wrestlers, who would be in the match? And this is why I should read the questions and not just go through them. That is probably too hard. I'll do one side, just because otherwise we'll be here all day. But I mean, Bret Hart would... Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, oh, jeez. Ric Flair. The Macho Man Randy Savage. And Original Undertaker. I put those five on a team just because they all... I loved them all when I was a kid, basically. And if you had... An, can I do another five? I probably could do another five, but I'm not going to. But that's... that's yeah, I put those. There you go. Put those five on. Um... Narcoleptic, are you happy for us to have either a retro WWF or WCW themed wedding? You do whatever you want, unless you mean you and I, then no, because you didn't propose to me and you barely put any effort in. This is the first time we've even chatted. But no, if you're getting married, you, you go nuts. In fact, that's the, the best thing about getting married is you can walk down an aisle. So you should have pyros and entrance music, because that's what happens when you walk down an aisle. And finally, Hectorino. Oh, it's completely different. Do you still do heavy lifting, bodybuilding exercises while at the gym, even though you're training for wrestling? Absolutely, because they're two completely different disciplines. And if you want to be big and strong, you train to be big and strong. And if you want to be a wrestler, you train to be a wrestler. They're not mutually exclusive. You can do things. You know, you train wrestling when you're at wrestling and you train your body when you're in the gym. You just got to find that balance. So uh, if you want more on fitness stuff, by the way, uh, you go to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash the Miller Report Rules. And I'm doing some fitness blogs up there as well as my other nonsense videos you can check out. But um, no, I definitely think there's a balance you can have. When I'm in the gym, I like to train heavy and I like to train for strength because that's what I enjoy. And that's how I'm eating at the moment as well to try and to get all that stuff up. And as long as you balance that with the wrestling, I think it works out, you know, it, it works out pretty good. So you can do both. You just got to be dedicated and find a way. So that's it. I mean, I had more questions, but I think that's enough to, to, to run through today. Uh, like I say, we're back now for good. I don't know what the intended drop date will be. It's probably going to be um, Tuesday or Wednesday. It's going up on a Monday, and the other one will go up on a Friday. But that's not the point. It will just keep an eye out for it. Sign up to the, uh, subscribe to the feed so you never miss an episode. Tell your friends, do all that kind of stuff, and eventually we'll get into a pattern where we actually have a day. But at the moment, life is so crazy. But I don't want to not get. I want to get this back on the road. We will have one a week, maybe Wednesday, actually, right in the middle of the week is always good. But keep an eye out to, 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 all, of those, to all of those kind of things. Now, before I do leave you, uh, a few weeks ago, I was allowed to have a conference call with the one and only AJ Styles. He was talking about WWE 2K Supercard, whatever that, 2K17 Supercard, whatever the Supercard game is called. It's very good, the Supercard game on the, 
on a uh, on a tangent. But um, yeah, I, I I had a chat with him, and so there was loads of other people on the call, obviously. But I thought I'd end this podcast just by playing the call, so you can hear my awful questions that I asked him, and just get some time listening to AJ Styles talk about games, wrestling, his future, and all of that. So we'll segue to that in a minute. But I do want to thank you all for your patience. Uh, I'd like to just mention the Patreon one more time because if you can support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash the middle report, it's a huge help. Um, it's that classic Chris Jericho, Stone Cold. It's, you know, it helps keep us on the air, but it's free regardless. If you don't want to, do not worry about it. It's just an avenue to support should you want to. And I, anything you can throw my way, even a dollar. If everyone gives a dollar, that adds up to a, a huge amount of money and I can pour into you know storage space and, and servers and all that kind of nonsense. Um, but yes, I apologize for the delay. I'm on Twitter at Simon Miller 316. Uh, there's a Facebook group, a Facebook group, Hurricane Rana off the top rope. I will tweet that out either today or tomorrow. So just keep an eye out for that and come join, chat with other people in the group. And let's build this up. Please leave us a review, five stars. Or if you hated it, you can say it's shit if you want. It's up to you. But thanks for joining anyway. And like I say, we'll have another one this week to preview Survivor Series. And then we're back once a week. Hurricane Rana off the top rope podcast. I am Simon Miller. I want to thank you all for your patience again. Speak to you soon. Hello, everyone. Uh, hope you're all doing well. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to uh, come hear the exciting announcements we have for WWE Supercard Season 3. Uh, talk with AJ, ask questions. Uh, hopefully have a good time this morning. Um, I'm Adam Pluckin, uh, as you said, producer at Cat Daddy Games. I've had the responsibility and pleasure of working on Supercard. Uh, it's been a pretty amazing experience to think, you know, back in August 2014, just before the app launch, that we'd be here today with all of you, with AJ. Uh, it, it's blown away our expectations. Uh, we've been downloaded over 11 million times, uh, received higher ratings, four, four and a half stars, four, four and a half stars on the App Store uh, and Google Play Store. Uh, I think we'd get featured on those App Stores, coverage on WWE's website. Uh, the journey's really been incredible. Uh, the fact that we've been afforded the opportunity to continue to support this game that we're so passionate about uh, has been really humbling. Uh, the fact uh, that we hear from tons of really passionate fans of uh, WWE and WWE content on Twitter, our feedback, forums, Reddit, uh, it's really been uh, quite crazy to think about it all. Um, you know, We try and keep all those players in mind when creating new seasons and new content and transitioning over. Uh, and so, you know, a year ago to think transitioning to season two, uh, you know, we made a lot of choices that we were really happy about, um, some things we would have adjusted, changed, um, but we feel like we've really learned a lot, you know, so for season three, uh, we've really tried to focus on what makes the game great and make sure that uh, we're uh, keeping the, the content in the game interesting for all players. Uh, you know, we started out with uh, one of our new features, uh, our legacy card feature to allow players to continue to celebrate and use their cards from Season 1 and Season 2 in our new Season 3 modes. Um, we want to allow players to use those legacy cards uh, in at least one new mode so they can continue uh, to use their Season 1 cards to help them uh, improve and get better in the game. Uh, wild mode is going to be their opportunity to do that. Uh, they can play with Season 1, Season 2, and Season 3 cards to help improve their deck. Uh, you know, get stronger for events. The new game modes that we're offering uh, will hopefully be a great mechanic for the existing players uh, during this transition. Um, seasons are also an opportunity for us to try and enhance the game, elevate it, focus on you know a certain aspect that makes it great. Uh, and so for season three, we've really been focused on the competitive nature. Um, uh, we're excited to offer two new real-time PvP modes uh, in SuperCard season three. Uh, 
you know, traditionally it's always been uh, player versus AI, so the fact that we're allowing players to interact and battle each other in real time is really exciting. Uh, those two new PvP modes are going to be called Ranked and Royal Rumble. Uh, ranked plays out somewhat similarly to Exhibition uh, in Season 2, uh, except for battling players in real time. Uh, and Royal Rumble is going to be a little bit of a deeper strategy game mode. Uh, you play with a slightly larger deck. Um, so, you know, we're just really excited about all the cool new stuff that's going into Season 3. Um, we're really excited that over the next couple of weeks we'll be able to share, you know, more details and more uh, information on these specific modes and specific features. Um, I'd love to uh, sh share all the details with you today, um, but before I spill uh, too many, you know, beans about the exciting stuff we have in Season 3, uh, let me go ahead and uh, turn it over to the man we all want to hear from today, uh, WWE World Champion uh, AJ Styles on the line. Our first question comes from the line of Ahmed Mohammed with COG Connected. Please proceed with your question. Hi, guys. Um, so I wanted to know, uh, this is a question to Adam. What have you guys learned uh, on the development side from other card battle games, and what are the advantages? Um, so, you know, we, we try and be aware of what other people are doing, um, but the, the fact is with Supercard, it, it, it's different. You know, we try and focus on what makes it special about uh, being a card game. Uh, definitely the card collection aspect. We know players really like to collect their favorite superstars and, you know, battle to, to kind of have unique content. Um, you know, and, and we really focus on the fact that the cards get to battle. We try and, uh, you know, uh, highlight some of the best uh, that WWE has to offer in terms of match types and different formats. Um, so, so that's what we really focus on when we're looking at it as a card game. Uh, the advantages of working on the mobile platform are that, you know, we, we get to you know, be in people's hands all the time on the go uh, so we can make, you know, content that they want to experience in either bite-sized or slightly longer sessions. Um, you know, we, we try and offer a little bit of everything. We know that some users are only there for a couple minutes a day, some users log hours. So, um, you know, the mobile platform is kind of uh, a fun, exciting opportunity where you, you get a kind of wide variety of players. So that's kind of uh, what we appreciate about it. Our next question comes from of Simon Miller with Video Gamer. Please proceed with your question. Hi, this is a question for AJ. I hope it's all right. It's not really about uh, about the games, but I just wanted to see if um, obviously you've had a, an incredibly storied career, but a lot of people would say kind of your best run, for lack of a better term, is now when you're in the WWE, which is obviously the biggest stage for a professional wrestler. I'm just wondering if you felt the same. Well, I don't think. Um, I mean, definitely is a big deal. I mean, and who knows what next year brings. But as far as right now and, and everything that's happened in my career, this by far is the biggest. Because who would have thought that within a, you know, a couple of months of getting into the WWE that I'd be um, wrestling in the main event for the, the world championship and within nine months of being here, being the world champion. So, yeah, being on the biggest stage in um, you know, sports entertainment, I'd say this is easily the best year for AJ Styles. Our next question comes from the line of Alex McCarthy with Give Me Sport. Please proceed with your question. Uh, this is uh, also for AJ, and it's more towards his career. Um, I was just wondering, at SummerSlam, we saw a little tease of the Bullet Club reunion uh, perhaps happening in the WWE. Was that on the card before Finn got injured, or is that something you might visit down the road, or do you think that was more special to Japan? I think that was special to uh, sports entertainment. Um, to know what we all did in Japan and then bring it, all of us, to the WWE is, is, is a special thing. Uh, it, the whole, you know, the club thing kind of blew up and bigger than any of us would, you know, or could have expected. And so to give a little tease like that, um, you know, 
it was kind of planting the, the seed that something could happen down the road. We just have to figure out when and where. Our next question comes from the line of Sergio Bustos with WWE in Action. Please proceed with your question. Uh, hi. Uh, this is a question for AJ, too. Uh, hi, AJ. Uh, you have wrestled uh, longer than a lot of guys in WWE, but at the same time, uh, you are pretty new to the company. Uh, do you feel like a new guy in the locker room? I uh, I did feel like the new guy in the locker room, uh, but I was pleasantly surprised how the roster, um, you know, they had a lot of respect for everything that I've done outside of the WWE, too. So um, it was really great to be part of a, a roster, you know, like the WWE, where guys who uh, didn't hold it against me that I haven't been in the WWE. In fact, they welcomed me in with open arms. So uh, new guy at first, but now I just feel like I'm part of the family. Our next question comes from the line of Ash Rose with TalkSport. Please proceed with your question. Hi, AJ. Uh, just a question that kind of mixes the two. Um, obviously, Supercard means battles against great superstars. For you, I mean, you've had a lot of dream matches already in WWE with John Cena. Who is left for you? Who would you really like to work with uh, for the remainder of the year or in your WWE career? Well, there, there's several guys that I haven't had the opportunity to really get in the ring with one-on-one and have great matches, but there's one guy in particular that is on SmackDown. I've yet to wrestle, and that's Randy Orton. I think that's a match that everybody's going to look forward to, and, and uh, when time is right, it will happen, and we'll blow the roof off the place. Our next question comes from the line of Scott Fishman with Channel Guide. Please proceed with your question. AJ, you've, uh, you know, it's been less than a year, but you've done so much. You've been so successful. Um, just talk about what it's like to, to, to join the WWE machine and having these milestones of being in Supercard and being in the video game and a lot of firsts for you this year. And also, um, it seems like you've kind of fit like a glove when it comes to this WWE style. Just talk about how successful you are as far as easing into that transition and maybe those that have, may have helped you along the way. Yeah, um, everyone that kind of thinks that the style changes, but mine never has. Uh, the one thing that I've credited to AJ Styles is being able to adapt and pretty much wherever I go. Um, and, you know, whether it be here or in the WWE or somewhere else, that, you know, I've always been blessed to be in the same ring with great, uh, you know, guys in the ring. So, I would love to take credit for all these amazing matches that I've had uh, in the past 17 years that I've been doing this uh, crazy sport, but I, I can't do that. You know, I've, I've been a part of some, some great matches because of the opponents that I've had. And here in the WWE is no different. Uh, I think some of the best athletes are definitely here. And having, uh, you know, dream matches that someone, you know, some may call um, is special. And, and being on the video game is special. And being part of the, the supercar, you know, all this, these things that have happened it's so much bigger in the WWE than anywhere else I've ever been. It's like, you know, it's, you just can't compare the WWE to everything else, you know, when it comes to sports entertainment. There's, there's nothing like the WWE. There's nothing like this machine that I am now working for and proud to work for. Our next question comes from the line of Lauren Giuliano, a content creator on YouTube. Please proceed with your question. Hey there. I was wondering how close are we to the release of Season 3, and could we expect a Goldberg card? Uh, I think that's something I can uh, answer. Uh, so, WWE Supercard Season 3, we're really excited uh, to uh, announce that it's going to be releasing next month in November. Um, we don't have an exact date tied down, but we uh, are excited to announce that it will be available next month. Uh, in terms of a Goldberg card, uh, we're always excited to try and work with WWE to get all of its new talent into the game. Um, so, uh, nothing official to announce, but uh, we're definitely working on opportunities to get uh, a variety of new talent into the game uh, whenever possible. 
Our next question comes to the line of Simon Miller with Video Gamer. Please proceed with your question. Hi, just a question for AJ again. Uh, you've always seemed to be a very goal-orientated individual, you know, regardless which company you were been in. It was clear that you know you wanted to reach the top and then progress, and you've now done that in WWE. So, I mean, once um, you know, what's next? What what would you like to achieve down the line? Well, there's you know, there's still WrestleMania. You know, there's you know the the, the opportunity, hopefully, main event something like that, or just being the main event on a couple of our bigger shows. That's something that I was, I'm always looking for, and, and stuff outside of the WWE as well. Uh, I think the great thing about being a part of WWE is the opportunity to do things uh, that you didn't expect to be able to do. Uh, it's just an open door. Uh, whatever makes you a bigger star, um, I think that's a great thing with the WWE. They, they want you to be that. They want you to be like John Cena. They want you to be like The Rock. Uh, and they definitely give you that platform, man. So I'm open to anything and everything. Um, I'm just here to have a good time, and, and whatever opportunity presents itself, you know, hopefully I'll get after it. Cool. Thanks, man. Our next question is a follow-up question from Sergio Bustos with WWE in Action. Please proceed with your question. Yeah, this is a, a question for AJ again. Uh, AJ, imagine that you could face any wrestler at any time. Uh, where is your dream match? Well, it seems like there's something going around on the Internet here at the late, maybe in the past couple of days, where uh, they've talked about uh, the Royal Rumble and Shawn Michaels. Uh, I would love to have, have the opportunity to wrestle him and, you know, learn from him. But, you know, who's to say if that's going to happen? Um, right now it's just speculation and, and rumors uh, that I'm finding out just like everyone else is. But, man, what a match that would be and uh, – who knows what would bring uh, Sean Michaels out of retirement. Our next question is a follow-up question from Ahmed Muhammad with COG Connected. Please proceed with your question. Uh, this is a question to AJ. I wonder, uh, how is it like being in a video game? Have you ever had that experience? And uh, what have you learned about the wonderful world of video games? Well, I, I can tell you uh, I love video games. I'm a video game guy. I always have been eight-year-old. I got my first Nintendo, so I've been addicted to video games ever since. Video game before the WWE game, it's not worth talking about and quite embarrassing to be honest with you. Um, but uh, uh, 2K17 is amazing. The graphics are, are just awesome, and and the moveset and stuff is you know it's it's fun to see that you can do pretty much anything and everything that you've ever seen on WWE television. Uh, and just to be in part of a, a great game, being part of 2K series is, is amazing. And um, I, I feel like that I'm not the only one that thinks that. It seems like the fans are having a good time with it. And uh, just I'm just jealous of the creator wrestler. You can literally create anyone that you've ever wanted. I think that any other game that comes out to uh, try to give 2K some competition, there is no competition. The library of moves sets 2K apart from any other wrestling game. Our next question comes from the line of Alex McCarthy with Give Me Sport. Please proceed with your question. Uh, it's for AJ again. Um, Ryback recently uh, claimed that uh, Vincent Mann had, on his podcast, sorry, that Vincent Mann had promised him that he would squash you or face you at WrestleMania, and yet here you stand as the WWE champion. Um, I'm just interested to hear um, your response to that, and, and do you think that there's that the way you've been pushed with the company uh, takes away from the stigma that surrounded TNA talent coming to WWE? I don't, I don't think uh, TNA talent has anything to do with it. I, I think that what Ryback may have said may have been true at that time. 
I, I don't know that Vince knew exactly what he had in AJ Styles, and I think his opinion of me changed um, somewhat quickly. And, and that's okay. I, I, that's, I've been doing my whole life is changing the way people feel about uh, me and, and what I'm capable of. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not mad at Ron Back or anything like that. Um, if it were said, it was said, and I'm not mad at Vincent Mann. Like I said, I just uh, opinions vary, and, and they uh, change. Our next question comes from the line of Simon Miller with Video Gamer. Please receive with your question. Uh, hey, it's a question for AJ. Uh, AJ, you mentioned you're a big video game fan. I was just wondering if you saw the news today that Red Dead Redemption 2 has been announced and if you're excited about it. Oh, wow. Uh, I am now. I just uh, just being told about it. I think Red Dead Redemption, the first one, is just amazing. Now, I'm not much of a sandbox guy, but that game was really fun. Um, and I think everybody's going to be stoked about that game. It's, it's such a big deal. Um, very exciting, man. That's, I love that game. Cool, thanks. Our next question comes from the line of Alex McCarthy with Give Me Sport. Please proceed with your question. Uh, just another one, day on you and the club. Um, do you think that they should have secured Tag Team Gold on Raw so far, and was it painful for them to go to a separate brand? Uh, I think it's only a matter of time before, you know, Anderson Gallows are the tag team champs on Raw. And um, it was actually very surprising. Uh, and a little bit painful to see those guys going to Raw as I went to SmackDown because, you know, we were in Japan, to, you know, almost two years together. And, you know, when we got to WWE, we were riding together. You know, like that, Those guys were you know, more than just my friends. They turned into my family. So to have them go elsewhere was a, it was a little heartbreaking. But at the same time, it gives them the opportunity to go off on their own and do what they need to do, you know, get, get uh, you know, interview time as them and then AJ Styles gets his on SmackDown. So in, in retrospect, it worked really great for, for both of us, for Gallows Anderson and myself. Our next question comes from the line of Jeremy Duff with Gaming Nexus. Please proceed with your question. Yes, AJ. I was just wondering what um, your feelings were on the NXT brand. And since you went straight to the main roster, who do you look forward to seeing jump to the main roster so you can take on in the ring? I think the NXT brand is so great. It's it's done so well, um, and I, you know to tell you the truth, I'm kind of uh, jealous of the uh, the performance center. You know the the opportunity to go down there and train and work on things, um, and then yeah, now the, the one thing about the you know the independence when I got started is that I had the opportunity to train and then immediately wrestle at the same place I trained, and that's you know, that's what wrestling's about. It's, it's all about experience and getting there and doing it. And they're getting that at NXT, and, and, and they get to go and travel and get in front of these crowds and see what works for them. And as far as bringing guys up, I mean, there's countless guys that we can bring up. And, um, you know, I would love to see Samoa Joe up here and Shinsuke Nakamura. I think it's only a matter of time before those guys come up. And there's numerous of younger talent that, that's going to come up here shortly too. It's just a matter of time because it's so good. Um, to pick, you know, one or two might be easy, but, you know, to pick a bunch of them which are very capable of coming to the WWE roster is very hard. Our next question comes from the line of Eric Zemanski with Hollywood Life. Please proceed with your question. Hey, AJ. I just want to know, do you have a preference of working as a heel or a baby face? Because you got a huge pop when you came into the company earlier this year. I got to tell you, I love the promos you have with John Cena over the past summer. Well, uh, you know, I just want to do what's best for uh, the company. Uh, whatever WWE needs, 
I want to be that guy that they need to get the job done. Whether it's a heel or a baby face, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, I honestly think it may be a little bit harder to be a baby face, even though I love kids and it's hard for me to look them in the eyes and tell them to <laughs> shut up. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes you got to be a, a good heel to turn into a great baby face. And I think that's what's happening in the WWE. Our next question comes from the line of Sergio Bustos with WWE in action. Please proceed with your question. AJ, do you see yourself staying involved with the WWE once your in-ring career is over? Absolutely. I think that was one of the things that Triple H and I talked about was the opportunity to do something within the WWE after my career is over. I'm not sure which exactly, you know, what I'll be doing, uh, but there are a number of things that I've seen that, like, Oh, wow, I'd love to have the opportunity to have a shot at that job here in the WWE to see how well I could do it. Um, I really enjoy helping people, uh, so it may be a trainer. I, I really don't know where it's going to take me yet, and who knows, maybe I'll go longer uh, in my career than I thought I would as far as um, you know, getting in the ring. And, but time will tell. 